With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Angeles, California. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. We're translating to many different languages, we're very proud to say, for our listeners outside the country. And the call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. During the show, I can take your questions in order in chat, or, or you may call in with your question and speak with our guest in the later part of the show. Any buzz killers or people in chat that are acting up, I'll kick you out, and if you're on the phone bugging me, I'll kick you off of there, too. So just uh, call in, play nice, ask great questions, and I'll be happy, and you'll be happy, and we won't be fighting on here. Anyway, I'd like to say, again, we're just well into the new year, and I want to say a Happy New Year again to everybody, and um, I thank you so much for listening in and calling in, and your notes and messages have been very important to me, so I want to say thanks a lot, and I still wish everybody a blessed and amazing year ahead. And I have just a couple of announcements before we welcome our guest on. I must tell you about my friend, Marilyn Salas, Captain Robert Salas' wife. She is a, a healer, and they live out in Ojai. And uh, she has created a mist. It's a healing mist. It has about 26 uh, essential oils in it. And she also puts a little crystal on the outside of the bottle, and she says she blesses every bottle. And uh, she sent me a beautiful little kit, and I use it every day. And uh, it's called Love's Blessing. It's a meditation and healing mist. It's calm and relaxing. To me, it smells like incense. And if you'd like to order some from Marilyn Salas and start supporting the cause, you can get a hold of her at www.lovesblessing.com. And if you need a counselor and healer and you're near Ojai or, or, or can go drive out that way, it's a beautiful little area. And Captain Salas is there where they have a beautiful meditation and tea room. And you're welcome to get a hold of them through that uh, site I just told you about, www.lovesblessing.com. I'm also tell you about a group I do belong to, CERO International. It's an organization that supports UFO experiences 
and gathers together experts from around the world for these amazing presentations. And Yvonne Smith, who is the director of the group, is a licensed hypnotherapist. And she lives north of Los Angeles area, and she's also available in Huntington Beach area in California. And she says that she does do phone uh, help, and she will also Skype for you for those outside of the area. So she's a counselor. She does past life regressions, and she works with the PTSD victims that feel that uh, – they have been abducted and assaulted in any way, anyway, or for past things. Uh, anyway, so you can get a hold of her at www.cerointernational.com, and she's a wonderful and loving person and author. And uh, there's going to be the group that's going to meet this, uh, not this Sunday, next Sunday, and it's going to be in the Huntington Beach location. So you're going to have to call me if you're in the in the group to find out where the address is, and I'll get it for you, okay? Anyway, and then, you know, I have two Texas cousins, Chris and Tracy Simpson, and they do Texas ghost tours, and uh, they do walking tours in Galveston, Texas, and I love them very much. So if you want to support them, get a hold of Chris and Tracy at 713-562-0429. You can actually go to their website at www.texas-ghost-tours.com. I love them very much, and they could appreciate the support in going out on those ghost tours. Anyway, now I'm very happy to present our, our guest tonight, who's a, a very uh, gifted and talented, and uh, he's a musician and has had some very strange experiences as he's a contractor, too, and as he's been, uh, you know, working on houses and things like that, you know, strange things began to happen. His name is Brian Joseph Vinicius. I'm sorry, Brian. Venizio, Yano. Veneziano. You have to tell me when I get you on the line. So Brian is a musician from Chicago, and he's in the, the middle child of a large Roman Catholic family of 10 that lived in Rolling Meadows area in a small suburb of Illinois. You know, they were rather poor, and his dad worked three jobs to support the family, and Brian's interest in music began at a very early age, and he started playing instruments at the age of 20. And his interest in, in playing music has remained with Brian throughout his life, and he's currently playing with a band called High Alert out in Chicago. And his cousin, where he got his inspiration from, is Chuck Pananzio, who's in the band Sticks, and he's a great influence on him. And then Brian is also a contractor that does remodeling for a living, and he has remodeled a few properties that have had very odd occurrences with some very strange stories connected to him. And I put one of the photos up, and I'll be putting more up of pictures of what he found and what his findings were. And he's experienced paranormal activity at several different locations. And uh, we're going to get him on the air now, and he's going to tell us all about it. So I want to welcome Brian to the Paranormal of Sacred Your Lives. Good evening, Cheryl. How are you? I'm fine. So how do you pronounce your last name? I practice and practice, but I still messed up. <laughs> Not many people get it. It's Veneziano. Veneziano. Well, thank you, Veneziano. and uh, it's really nice to meet Veneziano. It was a uh, very nice meeting you. I mean, it was a very odd way to meet somebody, but <laughs> it was it was a great meeting you. So uh, do you want to tell what, what the story or uh, how we met, or you want to skip it? It's up to you. Yeah, well, let's, let's skip that. I mean, the cool part is that you never know how uh, paths are going to cross, and sometimes the paths you cross are with those that have passed on. And, you know, it's really kind of neat because one of the things I didn't mention through our discussions we've had prior to this is that um, 
I've spent a lot of time not just uh, you know working at different properties, but checking out these these properties. It's really weird, but I, I tend to get a sense that someone had passed there. And like nine times out of ten, I've been right as to that having happened and the exact room where it was that they passed on. That's a really yeah weird. I don't I don't know. My mother uh, supposedly was clairvoyant or is, and um, you know I kind of wonder if maybe that's one of the things she passed on to me. But uh, that's one of the things I experienced. Uh, and I believe uh, that's true. Did you want to start with your background and uh, where you were raised and you know the belief system in your family? Sure. Yeah. Well, we certainly have strong faith in our family. Um, uh, middle child of ten kids, and you know we we had each other to play with and to hang with. Uh, didn't have a whole lot growing up, but my dad certainly was able to put a roof over our heads, and um, that was that was certainly a good thing. He worked very hard, um, and uh, being Roman Catholic, you know you 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 go to church every Sunday, and you know you hear a lot about the Bible. And the different excerpts, and and uh, so you you tend to, and it's only natural to have a lot of questions of you know the validity of this sort of thing, you know whether it's the Bible or someone else's theology. And uh, I honestly feel that some of the things that I've experienced have, have has only strengthened my faith. I feel the same way. Uh, you know, and, and, and my, even the weird stuff, you know, anything, even the odd stuff, it's just that, you know, the paranormal has, uh, covers so many different areas, you know, and especially what you're talking about uh, is life after death, really. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a lot of the, the strange stories that uh, I've experienced, you know, uh, some of the different things in different locations. Um <clears throat> For instance, um, at, at the time, we were living in Bensonville, and this is a rather old house. I think the house was built in the late 1800s. It was very odd because you could see where they added on the different rooms because they left the windows where they were. And uh, so you would have, like, one room, and then there was the window there to the next room, and for whatever reason, they, they didn't change, you know, they didn't close them up. And uh, one late, you know, or rather early morning, sleeping in bed, I woke to something sitting on the edge or the end of the bed, you know, by my feet. And I didn't see anything, but I could certainly feel something there, you know, pushing the bed down. And this happened twice in in both nights. um, And you look and, and you could see that there's something sitting there. And it was the weirdest thing, and you're like, well, what is that? And you start to question, do I really see this? Am I really sensing this? And then you try to ignore it, and then you go back to sleep. But then when it happened the second time, and the person that I was with gets up and, and says, what is that? And, and you know, we can't see anything. What's going on? And, you know, you you just start saying, uh, and this is really the first time I ever experienced anything as far as the afterlife goes. Any sort yeah. of entity, any sort of ghost, any anything at all, spirit. This is the first time. 
And so I was, you know, really kind of freaked out, to be honest with you. I've got such an open mind about it now. But then, you know, it, it, it really tends to prey on, on you know, your, your, your fears. And so the next day, of course, this would be the third day, if, you know, the second time that occurred, you know, we were like, you know what, we're out of here. We got to go. And within that week, if not just a few more days, when we finally, you know, found somewhere else to go to, uh, we were fortunate to have that only be a few days. But while we were packing, I was packing a box on a dresser in one room. And in the other room, uh, my partner was in a rocking chair packing a box on her lap. Well, on another dresser that was a good six feet in front of her, was one of those old-style cassette players where you had to push the button down. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Those ones you got to yes, push the I button do. down to hit the fast-forward and the play. Well, this decided to operate on its own. You could hear the click of the button, and the next thing I know, I hear Queensryche play. And I'm thinking to myself, how did she do that? I didn't see her get up because out of the corner of my eye, I could see that she's still in the rocking chair, right? Weird. You know, this woman's only like four feet tall. How does she reach that from six feet away? And uh, sure enough, you know, that's, that's what happened. And, and it wasn't her. It was whatever this was. And, and you got to ask yourself, how, how is this able to happen? I mean, really, I'm asking you right now, how does something yeah. like that happen? Well, because, uh, okay, some people believe that, some of these energies actually take energy from the living and they're able to move things and uh or some some kind of thing like that but you know those tape players weren't easy to push those buttons down i remember that that was pretty difficult yeah it takes effort it took effort so it yeah. i don't know if i would have even stayed one night if that happened to me i would have been out that door so fast it's uh yeah. You know, it's my well, my we son were, we is were, the one who sees ghosts in the family. I I don't I know they're there. I hear things and I dream about them, but I haven't actually seen them. He sees them in people's houses, so he's like, yeah. "Wow, that's a certain gift that a lot of people don't have." And have you ever heard that sometimes these energy uh, energies or entities will follow you yeah. to another location? I've heard that too, and I don't know if that's what happened, but uh, the next place we went to, um, there were cold spots. Um, and one day I was in the kitchen washing dishes, and all of a sudden there was this, just this cold, really cold sensation that just went like right through me. And it wasn't a wind, it wasn't a breeze, it, the window wasn't open, and it was in the middle of the summer. And all of a sudden, there's this freezing cold air that just, like, goes through me. And it caused me to drop the dish, smashing it to the floor. That wow. that was extremely bizarre. And that uh, was in, in that your same next house, place? Okay, yeah, that was in the next place. This place was in uh, Villa Park. And there's a lot of old houses everywhere. And, and uh, you know, these particular houses, is, for whatever reason, are the ones that we ended up finding. So um, in the same location... There was a young girl, I think she was about six, was playing in one of the extra rooms with a doll, and there was nobody else in that room with her. But we were in maybe uh, another, you know, the, past the kitchen was the front room, 
and on the other side of the kitchen was the room that she was in. So we could hear her like arguing with something and she was like, stop it. And we were looking at each other like, if we're all in here, who's in there? We thought maybe it was the dog. And uh, no, she said that some, she ran in there after, after saying, stop it, stop it. She ran in saying something was pulling my hair. And we're thinking, well, there's nothing in there. What was this? So, you know, we started to put two and two together and within about, and keep in mind, you know, we're, we're, you know, our minds are opening a little bit now, you know, yeah. more, you know, the more you experience, the less it's fearing, you know, the, the, the less it's fearful, the, the, the less that it bothers you, and the more the where it starts to pique your curiosity and you're thinking, well, you know, that's actually kind of cool. I don't think there's a, you know, horrible monster under the bed trying to kill me. Like I used to think when I was yeah. you know, four years old, uh, but you know, this is an actual thing that's, like, really piquing your curiosity. So um, within maybe, I don't know, maybe it was about a month after that, um, that there was a, a, a scent. There there was a scent that was starting to come around, this perfume that I knew that, you know, nobody in the house had. You know, and where was this coming from? And then you ask yourself, well, if this is true and this is real, you know, why is it, what exactly is it that, you know, that I'm smelling and, and why are we able to? Have you ever come across something like that? Yeah, I, um, that's, that has happened to me that it's, but it's usually, it was, it was actually happening when my ex-mother-in-law was, was, uh, uh, alive and we would be in her house and her house was very haunted but nobody saw anything but me and her and uh she saw things and was like in some kind of weird communication with somebody and uh but we at her house I would smell uh it's a it's a smell I don't like it's like a like dusty lavender smell and it's and I don't like it because it reminds me of like an old lady's perfume and you know they don't wash it off and they keep on it on that's what it reminded mm-hmm. me of, and I wasn't aware that she wore she wore anything like that. But that house used to scare oh. the heck out of me, because one time I heard a, a music box over there play, and uh, me and uh, her we looked at each other, but everybody else in the room just kept doing what they were doing. They literally did not hear it; we heard it. <laughs> I know it was very weird That's and spooky. And then I used to always think she was nuts, so I thought. You know, am I as crazy as she is? That's what <laughs> you know, yeah. because I was kind of yeah, haunted I, by her too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was haunted by her. I was and I, scared and I of actually her. believe that. I actually believe that these entities will follow you for for whatever reason. Um, you know, is it a passed on relative that's just keeping an eye on you? Uh, you know, one that doesn't want to move on to the next life. You know, I wonder if it's something like that. Uh, one of the other incidents that was probably the most incredible, um, I was remodeling a apartment building in Palatine, Illinois, older part of Palatine. It was on a street called West Johnson Street, and this particular building uh, was built in the early 40s, and uh, we couldn't find any paperwork on this property. Typically, any building, anywhere that you go, there's paperwork on it, whether whether it's just the, the architect paperwork, whatever it is. 
when you want to do a work on that place, the local village, municipality, city hall, whatever, has the paperwork on it. You know, they have the the drawings on it. They have, you know, the original drawings. They have whatever information it is you need, like, uh, you know, where's all the gas lines located or, or whatever, so that you're not blowing yourself up. And this house, we couldn't find anything. Excuse me, this building, we couldn't find anything on. So... Uh, needless to say, uh, so we're working on this particular property, and uh, out of the 10 units, there's eight that are above the basement, and then there's two units, the one that we lived in, that is just above a slab, and uh, it's separate from the other eight. So it's got a completely different key set. Nobody else had the keys but me, and... Um, we started to experience someone coming in the door and running up the stairs. We never heard them run down. But the dogs, we had two dogs, both of them heard this. Nobody, Keep in mind, nobody else has got keys to get in that door. So I'm thinking, you know, who's coming in through the door? How are they getting through the door? And why are the dogs over by the door? Someone's behind that door. And you can hear them running up the stairs. Well, that was the back door. And there's a front door where it also has a set of stairs, you know, going up to the, the second floor apartment, which was completely gutted. There weren't any walls. It was all just framework. So one of the, one of the times I decided, you know what, I'm going to catch them. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> it, it, somebody's sneaking in here. And I got to get their keys from them, and I got to find out who it is. So I ran up the front, and there's nobody there. I did that twice until I finally got to the point where, you know what, somebody died in this building. They haven't left it. And they're messing with me. You know, when you when you see dogs sniffing underneath the door, hearing and yeah. experiencing what you did, you know you're not crazy. You know, that right. really was a nice. That was a help <laughs> to see those animals. Yeah, it was. Well, animals can see things even. You know, they'll see stuff yeah, before that. we do. And, I, and sometimes it's hard on them, you know, but it depends on what kind of spirit it is. And, I guess some are good and some are bad, and uh, also animals can be spirits, because I was reading up on it again, because I have my own beliefs about what they are, but I think there are many different things. I think anything that has been alive could come back, you know, could be a spirit, you know, and man, you know, uh, animal, uh, you know, anything like that. I think they could come back as a spirit, but then there's other things, too. You know, things that uh, I don't, you know, that I'm really kind of scared of, really. I think when you were just brought up a little bit about what your childhood, we used to, we had a name for somebody that we saw in our bedroom, and we used to call him Dr. DJ, and he had a hat and a cloak. And then many people are describing as adults that that DJ is almost like the men in black or something else, you know, that visited them, too. So what are we really looking at? I don't know what you guys wow. saw, but we... I had four sisters, so we didn't have as big a family as you are, but we would just discuss this among ourselves as we were watching him. You know, I would say, do you see this? And they go, yes. See that? We call him, we named him. Wow. I don't know what you guys saw. <laughs> well, what you, you guys know, we, saw. We, we didn't see. We, we weren't fortunate to actually see anything. Uh, but outside of this unit is where that, entity was uh, the mist the 
apparition, whatever this ghost looks like a hooded figure, the picture that I sent you? Yes. That was right outside the back door of that unit. And there there weren't any dryers that created, uh, you know, heat or or the, the smoke or whatever you want to call that. That was way further down on the other end of the building. Um, what it was is that my stepdaughter took three pictures in succession. It was uh, a freshman, I believe it was, well, the local high school, I, I think it was a friend. And so she was taking three pictures all in succession. That was her thing that she had to do. One where my youngest daughter, Bronwyn, at the time I believe she was five, Bronwyn had a, snow, a snowball in her hand. She took a picture of that, and then Bronwyn bent over to pick up another snowball. That was the middle picture. That was the picture of the mist. And then the third picture was Bronwyn standing up with another snowball. And Caitlin didn't see any of this through, you know, just looking through the camera. But once I plugged that digital camera into the, the PC, that's when it showed up. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then that yeah, I have told it me posted. what she was doing outside. I have it posted and, like, and it oh turned God. out really good. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, that It did that turn out so good. Cool. So I put it on there and it's like on a little slideshow so people can wa- are watching it while they're listening to the show. So uh, right. that mist did look like a form, you know. It wasn't just a normal exactly. mist to me, you know. It didn't keep exactly keep, go on. So while um, while still residing in this building, while uh, you know, I did the remodeling and things for the Selecki family who owned it. Um, uh, Doctor Apollo uh, Selecki has since been passed down in 2011. But uh, while we were there, we had uh, a group of people come out through the courtesy of a gentleman named Chuck Parker, who uh, is with the Paranormal CPR program off of, um, it's a local cable access, uh, Comcast or Xfinity puts out in the Chicago area. And uh, he has some connections with the MUFON that's M-U-F-O-N. But usually right. they, they're, they're doing UFO. Right, and that's I what I was thinking. Quite sure why it was. But, you know, they've got all the, the different uh, electronic devices for reading, uh, spirits and all that. And, and they, they, we had two mediums, and I think there was like seven people in total. Uh, you know, you had your film crew, then you had your people with all the, the different electronic gadgets, which are pretty cool and the mediums that we're trying to sense. And we had one come in first, tell us what she thought, and then the second one came in to tell us what what she thought, and it was dead on, both of them. So um, one of the things they did is they took a bunch of pictures of all the rooms. And they took a picture out, and I wish I, I could find this. I've been looking for it. I can't find it. But they took a picture of the outside kitchen window, which – our kitchen window's about eight feet up in the air because it's it's not a regular uh, first floor where you're just walking in the door. Uh, you got to actually go up a flight to get in there, but it's not a full flight. It's just like a half flight of stairs. So when you walk in, you're actually looking out the window, and you're at about like seven and a half, eight feet. 
Well, one of the pictures that after they took all the pictures and we started looking through the pictures out the kitchen window, you could fully see a gentleman standing there. I don't know if you remember Jim Croce, a yeah, uh, musician do. from the seventies, but he had an afro, kind of like he had, like kind of like you know, curly hair and a mustache, and, and like lapels. You know, like the the dress back in the seventies was like a white shirt with lapels, the big kind of wide lapels. Well, that's what this gentleman looked like, and, and it was pretty cool. And, and we were going through the pictures, like, wait a minute, how can that guy be standing out the window right there? Because there's no way he'd be standing out the windows unless he's standing on something pretty high up. Because there's no other way that you could be standing there looking at it. And and that was like one of the first things that I noticed. And then when they went upstairs to check out the the vacant apartment upstairs, uh, they videotaped. And they they got like, on the video, there, there were like these things flying around up there. You know, they weren't birds. They weren't insects. Uh, they really couldn't tell me a whole lot about that, what it was they thought. Um, did but, they look round, uh, the other, or they were, were they look, did they look round, or were they like streaks? They, they were streaks. Because, you know, I've seen those streaks, were, and especially when I was a little kid, you know, I used to see them all the time, day and night. That's why it says, instead of the round. <laughs> wow. Well, Pretty sad, you know. But I just locked that out of fear. So it's weird that you guys are getting stuff like that. I have seen one on uh, tape that looked authentic because it was was moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you what do you what do you think of yeah. uh, what do you think of orbs? Well, you know, I had a problem with orbs that. Uh, I just never could take them seriously, and I didn't know what people... I thought they were, like, condensation on the camera and things like that. I saw a couple movies along with those streaks that looked literally like the zigzagging through the woods. That looked authentic to me. And then when I uh, I once saw a round little light change directions. So uh, I even won a orb book that was really a nice book with a lot of photos, and I kind of gave it away because I just, you know, I just didn't have any interest. And then um, we moved our offices at work, um, and uh, we moved into, like, it was all brand new. Well, oddly enough, just brand new construction rebuilt and everything. It was actually originally built in the 80s, so they remodeled the whole thing. And uh, I was with my client, and uh, I'm a substance abuse counselor. But anyway, we are with my client, and I looked, and... uh, like we, the lights had had an off switch by themselves. You know what I mean? The light turned off in the hallway, in the, in the waiting room, and there was a tiny light in the hallway. And then we started seeing all these things traveling. And when we first saw it, we thought, because we turned at the same time and looked at it. And I said, "Is that dust?" She said, "No, it actually changed direction." <laughs> It was like weird. And then there was like thousands of them. It was like a disco light party out there. You know what I mean? So I actually became scared of the waiting room, you know, and it's pretty bad if the counselor is scared of a waiting room. You know what I mean? So I was scared to be in there by myself. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) but, uh, what happened was I 
take some film of it. And they are on my um, on my, on Facebook, and uh, people are saying, "Well, it looks like dust," but some of them look kind of interesting. But I felt that they were almost like little children's spirits or animal spirits, something like that, because they were just wandering around and kind of going uh, in all directions. And then sometimes they would kind of race each other and go in one door and out the other. It was doing stuff like that, and there was a lot of them. Have you ever heard about how when you remodel a place, when you start changing things that a spirit's used to, that that's when they start to get annoyed and start to really wreak havoc or make themselves known? Yeah, I have. I have, but, you know, until you were saying this, it's just so strange, it never occurred to me, yes, they did do remodeling, you know, but it just didn't occur to me before, part of what was going on. So... One morning, there was like five of us in there because my office is kind of where everybody wants to hang out and and come before groups. So we were all in there. The light uh, automatically shut off. We have since fixed that, by the way, because some people would just sit there in the dark without turning the light back on. (laughs) That's not right. But anyway, uh, so we were like five of us in my office, and I was standing up to get ready to go into for all of us to go to group, and we turned around, and we looked at the – monitor the light had gone off and it was there was so much intensity swirling around and going in different areas of these lights and everybody saw them and one said miss charlene is that spirits in there and i was like oh my god i don't have to say everybody you know but that's i I changed my opinion on orbs just that's what happened well, I, my so, experience, and uh, one, one of the pictures I wanted to send you uh, is out in front of that same building we've been talking about where my daughter was outside playing in the snow, and, and within the trees we were able to count like 20 different orbs, just like in the tree area. Wow. Um, oh, one of the things I so forgot to mention. what do you think about that orbs? The, That's what you didn't tell me. Excuse me for interrupting, well, but you didn't tell me you believed in them. Well, you know, I, I really – do think that there's something to that, that they're just not simply uh, moisture on a camera lens, but it, it's really, there's something more to that because I, I've actually seen some of them. We took our pictures and I, I blew them up on, on the PC, you know, on my computer screen. And it's really weird because it's like there's something in there. Yeah. Some of them had like faces, there were different colors. And they just seem to have character. Each one seemed to have almost like a different personality to it, if you can look at it like that. Uh, One of the things I forgot to mention is that this, at least I don't think I did, is that this building was built on an Indian burial ground. Yeah, you didn't say that. And I didn't find that out until probably about after about a year of working on that place and having all these different things happening. Yeah, so, what do you is, think uh, that, so do you think that the Indian burial ground means there's still bones below and that's what's Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Causing um, and Yeah, absolutely. And Illinois had uh its own Indian tribes that um you know were still living out here. Um probably the mid eighteen hundreds and and when they went and they buried their people <laughs> Governments didn't care about that. They just, well, you know what? We need a street over here. You know, pave right over it. 
you know, they had no sense of value for these, you know, these people's spirits, let alone their lives. Right. You know, I, you know, I personally, and, and I've got a few friends that are natural, uh, actual um, American Indians, uh, full-blooded, great people, uh, very good friends. And, uh, you know, they've reminded me several times how, how their, their people were, what, you know, was treated over, you know, the centuries by right. the United States government. So just paving over, you know, and building something over a burial ground, you know, I'm sure there's nothing to them. They don't care. It's, it's, so, uh, I'm sure it's that, sad because, you know, that's what that whole movie Poltergeist was about because they built the whole house on the cemeteries and then the whole thing went crazy and we have Poltergeist 1, 2, and 3. Right. But that was, uh, not only do I love that movie and the characters and everything else, but uh, I think that is uh, was a nice warning that they moved things and didn't even bother moving mm-hmm. the caskets and stuff like that. And if it's a sacred ground and the Native Americans take this very seriously, you know, you're going to have trouble. Right. Yeah, I think we should all take that seriously because cause once you're done here and you got other things to do somewhere else, I'm, I'm certain of that. It, it doesn't end here. I believe that, too. I believe that too. So we have to respect everybody, you know, respect everybody's beliefs and wishes and, you know, and also respect the dead and those that have passed. And, uh, um, now you said your, your mom was, uh, was a clairvoyant or a psychic. Um, how did, how was that when you were a kid? Like, how does, how did you guys find out about her? Oh, honestly, we really didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Not at that age. At least I, um, our, our, you know, um, I'd have to say mom spent like some 10 years of her life. Well, no, I'm sorry, nine years, probably about eight and a half years pregnant. So my oldest brother yeah. is 62, and my youngest uh, mom had, um, out of the 10, uh, first one was the boy, my brother Kevin, and then my four sisters, Mickey, Chris, Karen, and Sandy, and then four sons and after all the girls I came out and there I was and uh, you know we really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to any of the things that mom was experiencing you know and she kind of kept to herself about it It wasn't until you know story time you know after we're all Mm -hmm. a good bit older as we all sat around with our cousins and uh, and our aunts and uncles that we used to discuss things that were extremely interesting. And we did that, you know, instead of, you know, looking at the TV or, or the kids nowadays that want to look at telephones and that's their life nowadays, you know, yeah. and, and they can only experience what other people experience. They're not experiencing things on their mm. own by looking at a cell phone or, you know, sitting in there playing video games or whatever, you know, I, there just isn't as much positive uh, outcome as a result. Not, not like talking to your family members and, and your friends and, you know, spending time with people and hearing their experiences and experiencing things either through them or, or on your own. You know, it, it, that's a very sad state of affairs for uh, not just our country, but the entire planet. Um, but uh, we certainly you know, did I talk about a few of those things. Yeah, a good point. Good point, because I, I really... Uh, now that you put it that way, I knew it was a concern about social skills and everything else, but it's actually they're not experiencing anything firsthand but secondhand. That's the point you're making. That's an interesting point. Yeah. 
exactly. So, um, um, uh, there was a there was a horrible plane crash out in uh, O'Hare Airport in '79. I think it was in '79. Um, I was a junior. Uh, junior no, I was a, I was a sophomore in '79, uh, and uh, uh, she had a bad dream the night before about a plane crash, and we didn't hear about this until several years after because she she didn't want to talk about it. But yeah. sure enough this was uh this occurred just outside of O'Hare, uh where there was like two hundred and forty five or something like that that perished on the airplane and you could see the oh, you know the smoke rising for the fire right. from you know miles away. And it was certainly a terrible thing. Um a lot of times the things you experienced back then was either through the newspaper media or you saw it for yourself. Now, like nowadays, where somebody's taking a picture of her with her cell phone. Oh, yeah, I'm standing right, right. here watching it. You know, right. but uh, but she she foresaw that, and and I'm sure many other things that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But uh, um, to uh, discuss that point a little bit more, um, I, I think that those are passed on to your children. Different. Right. Um, uh, and, and, and I've also heard something about not only that, but uh, that when women have childbirth, their their chemical, uh, their not chemical makeup, but their genetics actually kind of change. Have you heard any of that? Yes, I have. You know, know what I'm it's, talking it's about? A weird, okay, it's a weird thing that. Uh, me and another girl were actually, we had read an article uh, on this, and I don't know the exact word for it, but there is a huge chemically, well, it's not just a chemical change. It's actually a genetic change, like a morph going on. You know what I mean? I don't right. know the technical things. If if we were going to talk about that, I, mean, I could look that up. But anyway, it's a, it's a, a hormone thing and a genetic thing. And it's very mysterious, but they're actually being able to find, is that the one you're talking about? Find the genetic material uh, that's passed on in a very odd way. You know, that, uh, I don't know what I'm trying right. to say, but I, I, is it what you're talking about too? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it is. It's genetic. I don't know the name of it yet because, you know, that uh, came and went. So, uh I don't know what the name of it is, but me and a, a girl were talking about it because we thought it was so freaky. Yeah, what does this mean then? <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, so okay, one of the things about the genetic thing is that uh, this we have a living memory, and we do pass on these gifts and memories, and really old memories too. You know, that's another thing is okay. that what we have experienced, we're actually passing it through our genetic material. I, I think that's another thing that uh, that we have been thinking about and uh, discussing amongst ourselves. I don't know if you guys are, but uh, with, it's like um, Lorraine Flaherty. She does path-life regressions, and uh, she was talking about reincarnation and things like that, and uh, she asked a group of us, I was, I was watching her, because she's just she's a wonderful person, 
And uh, if you're ever interested in something like that. And she lives in the United Kingdom, but she comes out here once in a while. Anyway, I was able to go see her in person. And I was the only one that didn't raise my hand when people said that they believe in reincarnation. I, I was thinking, I don't really have proof of that. You know what I mean? I, I, I couldn't figure out the mechanism of it. You know what I mean? Until this genetic thing came up. And then this is what she said. She said, do you know how your genes are passed on from the beginning of time? You're the representative of all the successful genetic material that was passed on from your ancestors. She said that's why some of us are tested. We we have Neanderthal blood, which is very awful to think about to me, and that that rage from back then is actually carried on through us. And we still feel that rage today. We don't know why some people freak out and are angry and, and vicious and stuff like that. She said, because you are acting out who your ancestors were. You are your ancestors. Is that a genetic assimilation? Is that what that is? I don't know. Genetic assimilation. I don't yeah, know, and I'm I don't know so, what to call I'm, it. I'm, right. Well, anyway, not to go off on a tangent like I just did, but I apologize for that. Um, but, yeah, I think we've... Uh, kind of covered everything that I wanted to discuss. However, actually, one other thing. Um, uh, Something that uh, occurred at one of the last places that I lived in, um, I had a roommate that um, was certain that, and this is rather comical, uh, he, um, he was certain that he had a, a succubus. Is that what the, the female version is? Yes. The incubus and the succubus. Yes. So he believed that he had a succubus that was trying to get at him while he slept, and he was absolutely certain of this. And he wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> and uh, so he started to sleep. He, start, he started to sleep with a pillow on his backside. And he would sleep no other way for about a month and a half until he moved out. Before he moved out, he had uh, some folks come in and burn sage around the house. And But as it turned out, and and as I mentioned before, usually when I come into a place, I can tell whether or not somebody has passed on. And I didn't sense that in this house. As it turned out, he was actually in the middle of having had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So, um, and he, he was just on like the, just like going in the process of going over the edge, you know, if you know what I mean? And it was just yeah. a few days after that, 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 uh, I managed to talk him into going to the emergency room and, Got him checked in, and uh, so there wasn't any succubus, but uh, <laughs> he was having a psychotic you know, There's well, well, it's kind of funny, you know, because there's the lighter side of it, and there's the very serious side. Of it. Yeah. And honestly, I think I've seen both. Right. Was he? Sorry. He not doing. Was he doing drugs or anything like that? Like, was there no, he was else not. That... He was no, he was not. This is this was back in uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, after the economy had just collapsed. 
he was losing his ass in his 401k, and um, oh boy. Uh, he was trying to run a bar, which is something he had never done before. So he had a bunch of money in that, and he was losing his ass in that. And uh, he was also in the middle of a divorce. So he really just had too many things on his plate. Uh, he couldn't psychologically deal with it all. And it's as if, and maybe we can talk chemical composition again, uh, he, yeah. his brain wasn't firing right. You know, he was having a breakdown. It, it Things weren't, you know, weren't operating the way they should be because he was just literally being like torn apart with the different things he wanted to do and he couldn't and he had no control over any of it. So uh, his brain basically failed on him and uh, now he's on medication and I certainly wish him well. I hope he's doing better. Yeah, but, yeah me uh, too because yeah, I mean, that's there, a lot of stress. Sure. So there's the mental... Uh, psychologically created spiritual life, and there's the real stuff where you're like kind of kicking back and they're contacting me for some reason, you know. That's what I believe that we experienced, but uh, he he did not. Well, have you ever you know, thought he, of doing this, you know, as a thing? Like I doing investigations uh, and my stuff? Ex did. Yeah, my ex did. I, I did not. Okay. I did not. I mean, if 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 they're active enough that they want you to know about it, they will. You don't have to hunt them out. But if you go hunting them out and they don't want that, things could get ugly. <laughs> I can only assume. Well, yeah, I I don't look for them. They people come to me um, before and after they die, so I'm just starting to get used to that because I thought that after people died and they would uh, come to, you know, they would come to you for whatever their reasons were, you know, it, uh, it had, they have come to me for forgiveness or to tell me something and stuff like that. But then people have also come to me before they were going to die and tell me they're going to die. And I would like this and this and this, and that's very odd. And I haven't heard anybody go through anything like that. So, I haven't had answers to that uh, uh, question yet. I know. So it still happens, and um, I still don't get it. Because sometimes I don't even know they're dead yet. So they're, like, talking to me, and that's another thing. They're talking to me, you know, and telling me stuff in my dream. And I go, well, you're not going to off like I'm trying to sleep. Or I'm really getting irritated within, within the dream, you know. Like with a, a friend of mine passed away, but he was so young, I never thought he was going to pass away ever. And he did I was stunned, even though you would know, okay, if somebody showed up in a dream and they look young again, you know, that they may be a ghost. So I've how do you, okay, do you believe Do you believe in a protection for like a house or anything like that? Do you have like icons or uh, crosses up or anything to help protect you? I, I do have crosses in my house, uh, but I don't believe that I need protection. I don't. Okay. I, I just don't. Th I just don't think it works that way. Uh, as I mentioned, if you're going to seek them out, or, or in another way, create a reason for them to be there, that's not going to protect you. 
you know, as strong as your faith is, the cross isn't going to protect you. And anything I've ever read on that doesn't protect you. Maybe, maybe from vampires. Okay. But as far as I know, they're not real. Uh, okay. If something like that's going to come around, it, it's just, it, I don't believe it works that way. Um, I believe, you know, that there's been many Catholic, um, uh, directed, um, exorcisms mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm certain that those have been, you know, done for for a reason and have helped these poor people that were possessed. You know, I, I honestly believe that those, you know, were necessary. But okay. um, I, I, you know, I don't to answer your question. Yeah, I, I don't believe that that's gonna keep that. As far as the sage, and that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's like a Native American thing. But, yeah. uh, you know, burning sage and all that and, and all the voodoo and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't believe that that's going to keep anything. You know, if they want you to know they're there, they're going to. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And uh, do you believe that there is like a spiritual battle going on? Not with battle with ghosts, but with maybe something. Some people are believing that demons are disguising themselves as ghosts. Yeah, there's. I yeah, I believe that there are dark entities that will, you know, create very negative. You know, and they're very negative energies, and you know, and and you know, they're, they're, the fact is that they are energies, such as the one that was managed, you know, managed to push the button on the cassette player, or the ones that throw a plate across the room. Right. Yeah. There. There's. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's you know their hand grabbing it. I think it's their energy pushing it. You know, and, and um, that's the way I look at it. And honest, all honestly, I believe that that you know, it's certainly more logically uh, explained that way. Um, yeah, because I don't it, see know, the in, point. Like, I think it would be like a ghost would be a, a something part of a person that left behind or it could be like a messenger or, uh, you know, there's so many different realms of it could be angelic, it could be protective, or it could be uh, negative, you know, and things like that. There's like so many uh, different areas. And then when I experience this stuff, it's so odd to me that, you know, I look for rules all the time. Okay, what's the rule on this one? Like the rule when people before they die come to you and tell they're going to die and this is going to happen, this is what you're going to do. You know what I mean? It's shocking. So I have to tell the family, oh, you know, your father's going to be passed in 30 days. You know, it's like that. That's what happened. You know, it really happened. That, yeah, that's, that's a... Uh, this man came to me, and he, he in a dream before he died, so maybe we know we're going to die, and he had certain things he wanted to be sure I would do, which I did, but I didn't know what it meant until it was coming down, you know. Wow, that, that's an amazing gift. It really is. It is. It's very strange, and it it and never it, stops. It, I always it, thought when I got older, you know, it would be different, but now it's just gotten... Uh, unusual, like more uh, stuff that uh, I really don't have any information on. You know, you experience in a building. Okay, this is what I've seen in a building. A building determined to be what it used to be. I have walked into a place and it took a couple seconds for it to turn into the way it is now. 
I see it as it was was, which is to me odd. Wow! Like I have to shake wow, my head and go, a, "What?" Yeah, that that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be kind of I'd, I'd be kind of shocked to see something like that. It is shocking, and it's happened in, in in different ways. So I'm starting to think it's like a scientific thing, that it's like an impression has been left on that area, you know, and that somehow that vibe is is somehow pushing aside that vision for a second. I don't know. Well, I let me, many odd things happen. Let, that's that's very interesting because it makes me think of something. Uh, let me bring some science into this. Okay. Uh, science, scientists have done an experiment where they put a flower, not the whole flower, just like the flower itself, not the stem, just the flower itself, into a glass of water. And it's been in the water for a little bit, and then they take the flower, the flower out, and they put, they pour the water out, and then they look at like little droplets of that water. They can see the flower in it. Can you explain that to me? I don't know, but that's what I'm talking see about. The flower in it. So it's like the energy of that flower that makes it look like the flower, that makes it the flower, all, all the atoms, that, you know, the, the neutrons, the nucleus, everything that creates that flower is in the water. And then when they look at that, those drops of water underneath the microscope, they can see that flower. So uh, is that the, is that the, is that the chemical, yeah, is that the chemical makeup? Is that uh, the energy itself? As a result of the chemical, you know, or the, the, you know, I know, you know, that incredible. makes me feel like we've been walking around barely in the Stone Age, not knowing anything about what's really going on. You know, when I when uh-huh. I when I'm getting what's happening with the new quantum physics and everything, I feel like we have been like walking around with bags over our heads. You know, then when we do <laughs> see something, when you start when you start getting enlightening, enlightened. You know, then you see something odd because you know the bag has been over your head your whole life because you're kind of following the the uh, drill. You know, yeah. and when you start and, and going this, off on your own, go ahead. And all this is a result of having an open mind, thinking outside the box. Right. If you can't do that, then you're stuck in that bag over your head. That's the truth. Because there's many people that are afraid and are trying to keep desperately to the status quo, but me and many other people, like all different kind of people from every walk of life, I just happen to be into UFOs and paranormal and stuff, but a lot of us are like all coming together. People that don't even know each other are are friends like us. We just suddenly got to be friends. And and it's like we're supporting each other on just thinking outside the box, just so you have a comfortable place to talk about it. But at this point, I don't oh. really want to be uh, told uh, that it's not happening and all that, but I can handle it if somebody says, oh, I don't believe in that. But I'd rather be in a group of people having a cup of coffee and talking it over. That's that's a lot of joy there to do that, to share those two experiences with others. Yeah, it's okay to look like you're crazy to those people that have a close mind. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Now that I have permission. 
but I do it anyway. You can't, almost can't help it because if you don't start getting down to being your real self and you're just being a fake, you know, you're going to crack sooner or later, you know, you can't hand, handle it forever, you know, and if you're an artist or a musician or all these other kind of people that are kind of operating outside the box anyway, you know, you almost have to um, be yourself and, and, think and let your mind wander and, and investigate all these things. And, you know, that's why it's interesting to talk about this stuff because a lot of us are having similar experiences that you, that you are. And remember, I didn't believe in orbs until they were in my interviewing room, you know, and then all of a sudden, okay, I see them. So I started thinking I better stop being so closed-minded about things that I think are stupid. Well, they're not stupid. I just haven't experienced them, you know. Exactly. Well, what else is on the show this evening? Ah, uh, nothing. Uh, how are you doing over there? Like, tell us about where you live, because you're you're in Chicago, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're out of the Chicago area, um, actually in Des Plaines. Des Plaines, yeah. Not too far from O'Hare Airport. Actually, right. not too far from the, not very far at all from the trailer park where that plane went down. Wow. I wonder if uh, people are getting any feeling out of there because there's, uh, I think, at big catastrophe sites, there is a lot of feeling sometimes, you know, that it, I don't know. How are you about flying? Do you, do you fly? Are you okay to fly? Or? Uh, I have never flown. Uh, well, it's one thing to be afraid of heights when you're on a ladder. But <laughs> it's another. I don't like roller coasters. I used to at one time, but um, I've actually got a job that I've got to interview for a wonderful company named uh, Stoneside, and uh, one of the things I have to do is go for training for a week in Colorado. I've never been wow. on a plane. <laughs> so what are you going to do, Brian? Uh, yeah, probably uh, <laughs> about a fifth of Jack Daniels. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a very common fear fear of public speaking, fear of flying, and uh, fear of closed spaces. You know, I've got practically everything. I don't want to be in a tiny closed space. I don't want to be in an airplane. I've done it, but under duress. You know, I've flown many times, but uh, I don't I don't like it at all. I didn't know yeah, I was claustrophobic. Right. You know, it's like claustrophobia, really. It's not about going, to, like, falling down out of the sky. It's about dying with everybody around you. You know what I mean? I think I'd be more uh, able to die by myself than everybody going down. With, I shouldn't even talk about that. But anyway, so how are you going to yeah. get to Colorado? <laughs> are you going to fly? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Evidently a plane. Well, you know, I was asking my son because he's an actor and he flies all over. He actually just moved to Chicago and he just moved there. So I don't really, you know, I have his address, but I don't really know where the area is yet. But anyway, uh, he uh, was in New York and then he had to fly out to uh, Martha's Vineyard because he had uh, two commercials and a show he had to do. So he was taking like three different kind of flights, big airplanes, a puddle jumper, and some jet, you know. 
And I, I finally said, I said, you know, people in our family don't do well with flying and all that. How are you doing this? He said, Mom, my doctor gives me Xanax. And I went, oh, my God. I was like, I didn't know. And he can't do it either. Wow. I know. So it might, I don't know, maybe a little drink would help. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't, that's some of the people the I know. Topic. That's what they've had to do. And they've got to have a few drinks. Well, you'll be able to do it. You know, you might even get to like it after you. You have to face your fear. That's what happened. Oh, yeah, I got absolutely. stuck in it. Yeah, yeah you ever done an MRI or anything like that? Been one of those tunnels. Oh, yeah, I've got for... no problem with that. I've actually, yeah, I've, I've done a few of those. I, I just fall asleep and take a nap in them. Oh, my God. I'm okay with See, that. that is, I, I wish that I was like that, but I'm not. You know, so that's how I found out that I was a claustrophobic. Then I realized because I felt like I couldn't breathe, and then I did feel like that on a plane. And then I, I used to just put the air on my face on a plane, right? But I wasn't aware that I was afraid to fly yet. But that's what my um, reaction was, that I needed air. So much of that is psychological that, you know, you, you've got to tell yourself that I don't want this to control me. I want to control it. You are absolutely right. That is why... I contacted a psychiatrist friend of mine, and I said, okay, I had this problem. They put me in an MRI machine, and now I can't go uh, through a car wash. She says, uh-oh, you've generalized your experience in the MRI to the car wash. I said, okay, that makes sense. She says, now you got to go in the car wash. I went, oh, gee, thanks. But I did it. I did, first, I had to go with, I mean, blasting metal music, you know, but blasting it. And then mm-hmm. pretty soon now I just go through like nothing's wrong with me because I had to face it many, several times, you know. So face your fear, you'll be able to get through it. Yeah. That's the modern story. Yeah, exactly. And it, it kind of makes me... Uh... Oh, nothing. I just wanted to uh, well, say thank you. Uh, what is your schedule? Because you got to go to work in the morning, right? Yes. Absolutely. Um, well, I've I've got my daughter because I'm divorced. I've got my my lovely 14 year old daughter is here Aww. spending some time with us, and uh, I only get get two days. I get like I don't know four days out of the month, but uh, you know that's just never enough. But I, I, know. I do get the two days. I picked her up a few hours ago, so okay. she's 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 eager for me to spend some time with her. Yeah. I would certainly love to, to spend more time with you talking about more, you know, maybe even some music and uh, different things. But, yeah, I should probably get going. Okay. So, um, yeah, because you can come on any time, and you only had, uh, what, a day notice. And I really appreciate you coming on like that. And uh, it's well, been wonderful getting to know you. And then you can come on any time, too. So uh, even if uh, – you want to come on with also people that experienced it with you, or we can just talk and have a little panel or something like that. You're, it's welcome, and I'd like to promote your show and your uh, band or whatever, because I do all that too. Oh, thank you. Okay, so it's thank very you. nice and meeting you, Brian. Pleasure meeting you. And how do you pronounce your first name? Just Char. I'm Charlene. That's all. It's just oh, my mother spelled okay. it wrong. My mom spelled it wrong, so I'm stuck with a big line. <laughs> So I have a big line about my name for no good reason. But anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, one I of the... I grew up in a family. Like, the, oh, go ahead. 
one of the, one of the cool things um, about my daughter is that um, um, she she uh, does modeling and does um, you know, like commercials and stuff, uh, okay. short films. And one of the things that she did uh, had uh, something to do with uh, life after death, you know, life and death, and the ability to be able, you know, what would you do if you're able to bring someone you loved back for a day? And that's what this uh, short movie is about, and it's called Peter the Cleric. I heard of that. Check, check oh it my out. Goodness. It's about 15 minutes long. It's pretty cool. She's I have the, heard of uh, it. She, she plays Stella, and uh, she's Peter's sister, and, and uh, he brings her back to life. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cute little movie, and, and, and the premise is very, very touching. It really tugs at your heartstrings. Check that out when you get some time. Yeah, and thank I will. you very much. And and you're very welcome, and I wish you a good night. And what's your daughter's name? Bronwyn. Bronwyn Bailey Bernadette. And I named her Beautiful. her third name Bernadette after, of course, sister Bernadette, the one that lies yeah. in in uh, state, and you can actually see her. She hasn't aged today. No, she hasn't. She's beautiful. Um, it's really remarkable, and I love that little story, and I'm going to actually post it as soon as I find it. So um, cool. we just wish your daughter all the luck in the world and your family and you, and I want to thank you so much for being on, and you're welcome to come back anytime. And uh, take care, and God bless you and your family, and have a great year ahead. You know, it's just started. You have a whole new year. Yes, it does. Do something with God bless and uh, positive positive vibes and thoughts for you and your family, and God bless, and uh, safe okay. travels. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You take care. Nice meeting you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so an uh, extraordinary show uh, that we just met and talked to somebody that's experienced ghosts firsthand, and not everybody uh, believes in that or uh, has experienced it, but when you're in the middle of it, experiencing it, it is quite uh, the thing, and I have lived in many places, even where I live right now. I've lived uh, a few places in this neighborhood, and a lo- every place I ever lived in was haunted in this town, except for the one I'm in. I live in a little little spot now that is so nice and uh, not haunted at all, and I'm really happy about that. I'm not saying I'm not getting abducted by UFOs on a regular basis, which I probably am, but there's no ghost activity, which I'm glad. And I just wish everybody all the luck in the world. And uh, God bless you guys. And I want to thank Brian for being on again. And that uh, all my best to him and his family. And that they have uh, just just everything they, they hearts desire. So I want to thank you so much for uh, listening today. And thanking my friends in chat. You're awesome as usual. And uh, I have people in there that keep me company. And uh, on these nights like this, it's kind of a quiet, cold night that we're uh, listening on the radio, and it's very, been very interesting listening to Brian. And I want to take care, and uh, I just want to read you a couple little things that um, in Job thirty-three fifteen, it, it talked to me about um, why I have dreams, and um, I, didn't, I don't know if I told you, but my book is at the editor. And uh, a lot of it is about my dreams and, you know, the lessons they have taught me. But when I found this, it kind of explained what's going on in your dream light if you get messages. It says, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when sleep falls upon men and slumberings upon the bed, 
Then he openeth his ears of men and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw man for his, from his purpose and hide pride from a man. So actually we're being taught in our sleep because uh, we have uh, our pride hides uh, our lessons from us in this way. We're open to listening. And then uh, from Carl Jung we have where love rules, there is no will to power, and where power predominates, the, the love is lacking. So one is a shadow of the other. So no domination. Let's have love and peace and peace out, everybody. So we have a new speaker next week. Now this man is totally awesome, and we all know him. He's a friend of ours, Peter Robin. And he's Peter Robin is a class act, and we're looking forward to speaking with him next Friday. So please come back, and we're going to be talking about all the newest stuff that's coming up and UFOs and everything else. So. Uh, that's for next week. So follow the links to contact me, and you can leave me a message if you would like to be part of the show or for general help and assistance. If you'd like to write me, you can reach me at Char McCain, P.O. Box 980, Hermosa Beach, California, 90254. Anyway, so this show is archived, so you can make this into it again. And remember to tell your friends, and the paranormal and the sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. And please recommend us to your families and friends. And God bless everybody. Your best dreams come true, and true love live in your heart. Love you very much. Take care. And I wish you a good night. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.